week, maybe it's Sunday, maybe been Sunday, maybe been last Thursday, um, but I was talking to Pastor and Brother Jared was there. I can vouch for this. <laughs> I was there and just had 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 a burden on my heart. Was talking to him about um, a particular topic, and uh, I was supposed to preach this coming Sunday night. Brother Jared was supposed to teach tonight. Uh, but he stopped me mid, midway through and said, you, 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 I want you to teach Thursday night. I want you to teach that Thursday night. And, uh, and I, I said, oh, okay, I will do that. Um, and so he made the switch. And Is that right? Is that what happened? So pastor tonight has asked me to teach this. And I told my wife today, I said, it's just odd. Typically when you're asking the Lord for direction for a service, you know, it kind of, the Lord seems to be kind of the way, you know, you pray and, and the Lord just kind of drops a thought in your, your heart and you just kind of develops and you, you know, it's kind of typically in my way with me, I know everyone's probably different, but that's how I said, so this is slightly, I know this is the, what God's plan and desire is for tonight's service. Um, it didn't come from um, necessarily out of a prayer for the this service but it came out of a pastor that said you i want you to teach this so um i'm beating around the bush and i this is just a topic that i know nobody likes to talk about and pastor doesn't like to talk about it um it's some personal finance and uh, i know i've just lost most of everyone please don't do that please don't tune me out yet okay Please don't tune me out yet. Um, I'm nervous enough as it is uh, talking about this. Um, but I just feel so burdened by this. Um, and so uh, I just feel like God has a plan and a desire uh, for each of us, for all of us collectively. And I believe this has, uh, this fits in to that plan. Amen? Amen. Because um, over 800 times in the Bible uh, talks about money. And that's, that's a lot. Um, I mean, we find how many scriptures about women not wearing that which pertaineth to a man? One. And we cling, and it's truth. It's the truth. I believe that with my whole heart, soul, mind everything that that is we obey that scripture pastor teaches in accordance with that that scripture and so for the bible to speak so much about money and personal finance and how we ought to um, manage that if you will and i know tonight i know i'm talking to some that are I, i'm not coming as an as an expert on a topic i know there are some that are way more advanced along in their in their finances of understanding how finance works. I understand that how accounting works. I understand that. I'm not claiming to be an expert. I'm claiming tonight to understand that the Lord has a perspective on money and for the individual and for the family. And I want tonight to somehow help to get that burden uh, of the Lord out of the Word of God and us and into our hearts. Amen. Because God, uh, there is a design, there is a plan um, He has for uh, how we ought to handle our money. And Pastor, th he, this kind of ties on in, into the stewardship. I know he's probably going to address this more down the road, but he feels so strongly about this topic that uh, I'm sure this isn't the la first nor the last time this is going to be addressed um, in the coming days, weeks, what have you. I know um, as the end of the, um, the I, you know, I was talking to Pastor the other day, about the end of the world's coming, and we talk about the mark of the beast. And we always think how, how scary that is. The Bible says you won't be able to buy or to sell without that mark. Okay? That's a financial thing. That's not like some mean guy going to tattoo 666 on your forehead and they like a cattle it, it, and oh yeah he's got my mark no it, it's you can't buy food you can't buy 
clothes. You, can't, you won't be able to buy or sell without this mark. And, and, and so my, my belief and my understanding is I want to be in, I believe if the church is in its, the best financial situation we can be in, it's going to affect us less. Does that make sense? If we can be, as, if we can be out of debt, if we can be out of, if we can owe, man, as the Bible, I'll, and I'll, I'll get to it, but if we can owe no man anything, we won't have to buy and sell with them. Does that make sense? And so we just need to prepare ourselves because the day is coming. Um, the better financially we are, um, our households, our personal income, our personal debt, our personal, all of that, um, the better off we're going to be. And so uh, also the church is funded Amen. When Jesus had to pay his taxes, how was he, how did he pay his taxes? You remember? It's okay. This isn't, wow, a fish, right? Well, in the Bible, Jesus said he'd make Peter fishers of men, right? In the Bible, humans, people are typed as fish. And so God's kingdom is going to be funded with people. The, people's ties, people's offerings with people, right? And if we're so strapped and there's, we have no room, wiggle room in our lives for anything, the kingdom of God can't progress. No matter, we have to play a part in that. And so that's, to see revival costs money, to grow and build a bigger church, we need more people, of course, but also we need to make sure we can afford to pay the light payment, the light bill. Uh, you know, th that's, that's beyond just building the building. If someone plopped down the money uh, to build it right now, we wouldn't be able to maintain it because the, the cost of maintaining the building is so expensive. We need to be in good financial standing. We need to be uh, able to manage our, our finances well. Amen? And so tonight, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And specifically, um, towards the end, um, is a personal family uh, budget plan. And so, and with the hopes um, that it's simplified and in, a, in a way that can be usable, will be uh, thought of as, I can do that. This doesn't make sense, but I can do that. I, I, wanna ho I hope to get that kind of level of understanding tonight. Amen? And so, um, you don't have to stand. I have a lengthy reading um, as my uh, beginning text. But if you want to turn to Luke chapter 16, uh, beginning in verse number 1. Um, I'm going to be reading verse number 1 through verse number 13, and I'll probably be stopping along the way. But the title of the message tonight, I just put, the best way I could put it was the biblical view of personal finance. Um, again, there are so many avenues, so much that can be covered. Um, it's okay, Brother Everett. I, I'm, I'm going to... I, you can be seated. You can stand. I'm just going to, but I'm going to read and, and talk. This is going to be a little, like I said, it's going to be a little different tonight because I have some things to, to bring up on the, on the screen and to go over. So um, I, I just, if we can just follow along. Anything that I have a show, if you have any questions after service or any time, um, please talk with me. Um, I'd be more happy to help. Luke chapter 16, verse 1, beginning of verse 1. And he said also unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he, was, that he had wasted his goods. So the rich man had a steward that wasn't, he was saying, Hey, you know what, you're, you're, not, you're not using my goods resources well. You're wasting them. You're not being a good steward. And I know pastors talked about beginning to teach on that. But this, so we've got an understanding of, of what a steward is. He didn't own this man. He, he worked for this man taking care of his property, taking care of his money, his cattle. But the owner, uh, the, the, the rich man said, hey, you know what? You're not doing a good job managing my estate. You're wasting my goods. Verse 2, and he called him and said unto him, how is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship. For thou mayest be no longer steward. He says, you're fired. I, I, I can't have you working for me anymore. I, I, it's not, because you're not a good steward, you, I, you're not, you're not going to work for me anymore. He basically said, you're fired. And so, verse 3 says, Then the steward said within himself, 
What shall I do? About what everyone says when they lose their job. What am I going to do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig, which means I don't know. I don't. I can't work either. I don't know if he was crippled. I don't know if he just physically wasn't able to. He's like he just said. I don't. I, I have no skills. I have no way to no way to to, to physically do anything uh, to make money uh, and to go out and beg. I'm just. It's a shameful thing. I can't do it. I can't work and I can't beg for money. So I've got to figure something else out here. And so verse number four says. I am resolved what to do. He says, I know what I'm going to do. He says, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. Okay. Um, verse number four, they may receive me into their houses. Who's that talking about? Well, in verse five, it goes on, talks about the Lord's debtors. He says, whenever I'm kicked out of this house, I, I, I'm, those debtors of my, my master, I, I'm going to find a way that, I, that they'll take me in. He says, he said, I'm, I'm, his brain starts turning. I, I got to figure something out here. And said, I got a way that I'm going to make those debtors take me in. I'm not going to have to beg. I'm not going to have to work. Are you with me tonight? Amen. Verse number five says, So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto the Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to the other, And how much owest thou? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and write four score. And the Lord commended the unjust, commended the unjust steward. Well, he just fired him. Now he's commending him. Why is he commending him? Well, because he had done wisely. You know what? He said, you know what? You're shady and you've been wasting my goods, but you know what? You're pretty good. You're a shrewd investor. You're a shrewd money man. I'll give you that much. You knew what you were doing, and you know what? You got a deal made. And now, when we weren't getting them to pay anything, now you've got them to pay on some of their debt. And so he commended him. He said, hey, I do notice that you're good, good with money. All right, now, he says, because you've done wisely. Verse number 8 says, The Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Now, I want to call this, it says the children of this world are in their generation wiser. It's basically saying, you know what? Those, we know what the children of light are. They're the children of God, right? So the children of the world, they're pretty shrewd. They, they know how to manage money. They know how to, they know how to, to they, they're, they're pretty smart. They're pretty shrewd with their money. Much better than God's people are. Interesting, isn't it? I thought that was kind of interesting. Even back then, the, the Bible is saying, you know what? Church folk sometimes aren't as shrewd and as wise. But you know what? He wasn't commending him because, you, you, you know, you, you just shyster these guys and he just said you're you're good with money he's the lord isn't wanting us to be a a sneak and a cheat and but he's wanting us to be educated and wise about how we use money and understand that hey this is a powerful tool he's not saying hey you know what because you you you, you know you worked a deal here uh that's a good thing no he's saying you are good with money you, you you're shrewd but you know what you need to be shrewd in an honest and upright way Amen. And so, for the children, verse number eight says, For the children of the world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fall, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. So, that verse number nine, I struggle with this one. It says, Make yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. And the reason I struggled is, why would we make friends with? mammon of unrighteousness well the Bible's just saying that you know money's pretty corrupt and evil do you know what if you're good with money if you know how to use it if you do good with people and you treat people right you know what's going to happen is people going to when you're falling to hard times if you treat people well if you know how to work with work in hard times they're going to help take care of you you're going to be taken care of that when you're down in your luck and you're not going to have to go begging 
Amen? You're not going to have to beg for, oh, please help. Or, 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 or you know what? You're just going to have to, you're going to realize, you know what? Hey, I helped so-and-so. Whenever I had, I gave. I helped someone out. And so in return, the Bible's saying, if you'll do that with, if you'll do that with the unrighteous mammon, if you'll do good with something unrighteous and you'll take care of those that are around you and help out, they're going to help you out in times of financial trouble. Amen. Verse number 10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Again, talking about money. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? If you're not honest in your money, how can you be honest in the kingdom of God? How can you be, on, how can you be trusted with the things of God if you can't be trusted with money. Amen? So to have revival, to have a glorious 500-soul revival, if we can't be trusted, if we're struggling, again, this is, bear with me tonight because I, I, I don't want to misspeak, and I, I just, I, I want us to understand this is a very big part of revival. Amen? This is a very big part of revival. He says, because if we can't, God says, if I can't trust you with just the money you carry in your pocket from paycheck to paycheck, I can't trust you with babes in Christ that come into the kingdom of God that are messed up. I can't put them in your trust if you, can't, if, if you don't know if you're going to be able to pay your light payment, light bill next month. I, I, their soul is more important than your light bill. If you can't pay your light bill, I'm not going to give you revival. It's what the Bible is saying. If I can't give you those things, if I can't, I'm not going to entrust you to spiritual gifts. Amen? I'm not, if you can't manage your money, I'm not going to give you, amen, and use you in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit and those sorts of things. I'm telling you, this is very important. The Bible is clear, amen, that it's, it matters to the Lord. Because if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters for you. that hate one, love the other, or else you'll hold one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. And we'll get into this a little bit, a little bit more, this serving of money. Amen? This may not be totally what you think, and it uh, may be exactly what you think. Um, but, you know, there's some reasons that this is an important topic. Um, just a few of these, and may, it may hit home here tonight. I don't know. I, I, it's just, this is, this is a, nationally, there's a few things here that, that, that a reason that we uh, need to care about how we manage and deal with our money. Amen. One of the first ones are marital problems. 37%, which is the highest rate of marital problems derived from financial situations. I think most of us could vouch for that. Uh, our money causes lots of problems in, in our relationships. Amen. When things aren't balancing, when things are, when we've got, you know, too much month left at the end of our money, right? We get down in the month and go, what happened? I don't know. It's your fault. No, it's your fault. What, what, are, you, what are you buying? Food. That's what I'm buying. What are you buying? Food. We got to pay the house payment. It, it's a point of contention. Amen. So would it be nice to relieve some of those financial discussions, those financial intense times of fellowship with your spouse? Amen. Um, cash flow, 70% of all consumers live paycheck to paycheck. It means they run out of money. Barely have enough money from this check to stay afloat to next check, to stay afloat to next check, to stay afloat to next check. Barely enough. Living pay, 70%. No room for a, a, an oops. None. No room for an accident. No room for a, a, a broken arm. No room for an emergency room visit. No, no room... For anything to go wrong, no room for a flat tire, um, that nothing, 70% of, of Americans are facing that, um, which I would venture to say a lot of us, I'm sure there are here, if you take 70%, there's probably some here tonight in that situation, and uh, 
Also, in savings, the average family would have to use a credit card to pay a $1,500 unexpected expense for a home or a car repair. Um, emergencies come up. Emergencies happen, and we can plan for those. We can't plan for which ones, but you can plan for... You can plan that eventually something about $1,000 is going to happen in your life that's going to need to be done. All of a sudden, you need four tires on your car, about 1000 bucks. Uh, air conditioner goes out or, or have a problem with air, air conditioning repair or you have a car repair um, or you've got to pay a, a $500 deductible. Something, there's, no, there's nothing there. People don't have anything there, so they just automatically stick out a credit card. Retirement, nearly half all Americans... Around 46% have less than $10,000 saved for retirement. I think we all want to retire. Amen. We want to retire with dignity. We want to retire well. We don't want to. And so we can plan. Amen. And so tonight, that's what we had the opportunity to do, is to plan. We need a plan. How are you going to retire with any money in the bank? You have to have a plan now. How are we going to be able to save money for an emergency? Well, we don't have an emergency yet, so we're going to start planning for one right now. Amen? And so we're going to, we're going to, we need to, to begin to develop these plans, if you will. And uh, that's the all the, if, if, if you could, it, it, I hate saying the word because it makes people cringe and curl up and like start shaking. But that's what a budget is. It's a plan. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glad no one has tomatoes out there today. That'd be thrown at me. Amen. Uh, George Barna, which is, he does a lot of research in, quote, unquote, Christian, just, just Christian churches, uh, religious uh, organizations across uh, America. And in his research, he says that the fastest growing churches are teaching about marriage, child rearing, finances, and careers they're teaching you how to raise your kids and manage your money and personal stuff people tend to close up and say I, I don't want anybody to know what I got going on here but that's the last that's the worst thing you could do if you're facing financial problems is you need to find somebody I'm not saying it has to be me if it's pastor if it's whoever find somebody that can help you you you, you don't need to let yourself get to a place where it, it, don't let shame or don't let pride get in the way. Find a place and say, you know what, I've made it, I'm, I preached not long ago about some of the stupid, stupid things that I've done and gone through. But you know what, it took, it took a time and it took a lot of, of work to get there. It took a plan. We, we, we're not just going to automatically one day crawl out of the hole you're in. Amen. God wants you free from that which has you bound. Amen. God desires that. Are you serving God or are you serving money? Amen. God cares. It matters whether you're serving money or the lack of money. Amen. Because you can serve money not because, oh, I've got all the money and I can go party. No, no, no. The lack of money, I need more money, can control you and you will serve it. You'll think about it all day, every day. Your conversations will be around the debt you owe. The conversations you have, it will rule and own your life. You will serve money. Amen? If you don't, put forth a plan. Amen? To help conquer that. Amen? The Bible, God's Word gives a clear explanation. Um, you know, People think, if I just had more money, if I just had money, money to help me, help the, that, that would answer all my problems and all my woes if I just had more money, right? Well, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 to 10, says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. 
and having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Doesn't sound like more money is necessarily with the direction I want to go. Our flesh says, yes, more money. More money so I can do stuff, buy things, and, 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 and have what I want. But the Bible says if you have more money, you're going down the wrong road. Not that money's bad. But you'll see in the Scripture that those that have more money, those that have a lot of money, or, or they have a much more difficult time in life getting to heaven than those that have nothing but clothes and some food in their belly. Amen? So you, we may need to rethink our priorities. Amen? Not so much, if I had more money to pay off all my bills, maybe it's if I cut back a little bit, I can have enough left over to pay off my bills. What's the real? Do we want to fall into temptation and a snare? No, well, no. Okay, then I won't give you money. No, no, wait a second, Lord. I, I need more money. Oh, then you want to fall in temptation. No, I want more money. No. See what I'm saying tonight? The Lord is clear. The Bible's clear that just because you get more money doesn't mean it's going to fix your problems. Your problems will increase. Amen? Verse number 10 says, For the love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. That's a pretty powerful statement. The love of money is the root of all evil. Wow. Think of the corruption in our world, in our society, and you can try to trace it. I, well, based on this scripture, I guarantee you, you can trace it back to money or power and control. That's all tied together. Amen. And so, do we need more money? <laughs> that was a trick question. There's nothing wrong with more money, but you better be sure. You better be sure that it's for the right reason. You can be trusted with little so that God can trust you with much. Amen? And I believe that sometimes, not all the times, but I believe that there are some folks that I believe God knows if he gave you a bunch of money, you die lost. That's just the truth. That's just the truth. Amen? You would die lost. Look at these folks who win the lottery. Uh, millions and millions of dollars and and they're worse off three years down the road than they were the moment they they got the lottery because it destroys them it ruins them because it's money has a way of you think oh I've got I, I, I'm gonna be fine and you what happens I'm convinced what happens is when you have money you feel you have control and now no longer do you need God Amen. I think that's that's what happens when people these people who, who they, they just they lose all sense of reality, and they just focus on the fact that hey I can get and do what I want because I've got I've got money. Amen. And so God's word says that hey that love of that money is the root of all evil. You know the Bible also talks about um, a situation where there was folks who had a lot of money, and he sat. The Lord sat about right here, and I know pastors sure this, talked about this too. He sat right here where they, gave, they all came and gave. A bunch of people were giving lots of money, and one little old lady gave just a little bitty money. Amen. But we understand that lots of money and blessings of, of money are having wealth and giving big, big sums of money big isn't necessarily the sign that God's pleased with how you've managed your money. Amen? Because in Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44 says, Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money in the treasury, and many that were rich cast in a lot, cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto him, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Amen. 
So God's perspective on money is a little different than ours. Because we would look and think, oh, I wish I could give. Man, if I had money, I'd give, man, I'd give a bunch of money. Well, that isn't necessarily pleasing to God in and of itself. Just be, does that make sense? But just because I'm, I have the capacity and the ability to give doesn't mean that that's not so much what God is pleased with. Amen? Because a little old woman, it's about what's on the inside. It's about how you give. It's in the spirit that you give. Say, Lord, I give to you. This is yours. All of it's yours, and I give back. And if it happens to be a little, if it happens to be a lot, God doesn't care. God does not care. It could be a million dollars a night. God doesn't care. But if you give a million dollars a night out of a heart that says, God, please do something with your kingdom. And, and, and God, this is yours. I, I, this isn't my million dollars. This is yours. I want nothing more. I don't want, I don't want anything in return. I just want to bless your kingdom. I want to bless your kingdom. Or if you give five dollars because that's all you have it's all in the attitude in the spirit amen this is very God I'm telling you ties he, he there's a connection between our, our our finances because a lot of you are tired even uncomfortable with me talking about this and I'm very uncomfortable talking about this but it shouldn't be that it should not be that way amen because the Bible God the Bible talked 800 times 800 times about money Amen. We ought to be able to say, you know what? I want to know more about how to handle my fine. We need as a church. What would happen is if tonight every one of us, every one of us, right in your mind, think of all the debt, the bills, and everything that you owe right now, and think now all that's gone. What would you do right now, this very moment, if every debt you owed was taken and you didn't owe another penny? You know what? You don't maybe get to feel that tonight. But you know what? You get yourself on a budget. You start caring about where your dollars go every month. You start caring about how you spend your money, whether it's on Starbucks or clothes or new cars. If you start caring, say, you know what? I care more about that freedom from debt than I do any of this stuff. You may not feel that tonight, but in the next year, two years, maybe three years, you can say, hey, you know what? I don't know one person anything tonight and you can run around this place and say I am free from this debt amen what's the difference we all want it right now but you know what God's want to know how bad do we want it how bad do we want free from this how bad do we want to say you know what Lord my finances is all in your hands I'm going to cut back and I'm going to take care of my debt that I owe amen I'm telling you God wants us freed from that burden Hallelujah, because I don't believe he can entrust the revival that he desires for this church if he can't trust us, amen, to control ourselves with our money. I'm just being honest tonight. I like to go out to eat. I love to go out to eat. I think everybody can tell I love to go out to eat. I love to go out to eat with you all. I love to fellowship. I love all that. But what if everybody in the church said, you know what? It's more important to us. And everybody in the room tonight decided, you know what? Kind of like the weight loss challenge. Why is everybody doing it together? It's easier. Amen? Why is it, why is it easier? Because everyone's talking about, well, how many calories do you have? Uh, you know, I, you know I, walked and I walked today and I, I, I exercised and, and I got, well, we got, got to weigh in. And it's all, it's, everyone's together. They're doing the same thing. It's much more difficult. Amen. When one, one family says, you know what, we need to get our finances under control. And then comes Sunday night, everyone says, we're going to eat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whew, there goes my budget. I don't have to eat. I don't have to have gas in the car. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's peer pressure. Amen. What if we pressured each other and say, hey, look, let's maybe just get together. Let's go somewhere cheaper where everyone can go eat cheaper tonight. I'm telling you, this is something we have to do, I believe. Amen. I just, I believe it's a, it's a key part of getting to the revival that God desires for the church. You can be mad at Brother Merriman tonight. You can say, you know what? You're meddling. You don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm doing. Fine. That's great. If you're aligned with the Word of God, if you're, if you're obedient to what God's Word says, that's wonderful. That's what you need to be doing. But I'm telling you tonight, it, 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 this is just as much Bible as a woman shall not wear that which pertains unto a man. Amen? 
Deuteronomy 22 and 5 is just as one scripture we hang a, a doctrine that's very, very, very dear to the apostolics. One scripture, but 800 scriptures that say, you know what, you ought to control how you spend your money. You ought to control your finances. You ought to, you ought to take control of your money. And we say, oh, wish he'd quit talking about that. Hey, jerk, you don't know what he's talking about. Rich man has a tough time going to heaven. I'm just, again, I may have to go out the side door tonight. Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. Mark chapter 10, verse 23. Uh, you know, being rich isn't going to solve your problems. Just, as I said, makes it harder to be saved. Verse 23, Jesus looked around about and saith unto his disciples, How Hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answereth again and saith unto him, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. If I was just rich, I could serve the Lord. I just had, I'm telling you, what's our perspective? If, how many times you, I just if I, if I got a raise, is it really? If is it just? Is it you need the raise? Do we need more money? Are we trusting in the? Well, I could do more if I just had a raise. Really, you could do. We could do more for God. You have two options: you can increase your income, or you can reduce your outgo. So why is it always got to be? I just need a raise. Amen. I'm just hoping some people start. We can get our, our minds to turn in tonight. There is things we can do. There are things we can do for the kingdom of God. We don't need a raise or a bonus or, 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 or a promotion, amen, to do a work for the Lord. Amen. We need to understand, amen, that God is watching how we're handling 100% of our money that's entrusted to us. Amen. It doesn't matter. The 10% is the Lord's. Amen. The, the offering's His. But you know what? There's an account. Amen. There was a steward that got fired for not handling the money of the, uh, of the master. Amen. The master said, you're, you're wasting what I've got. I, I'm not going to use you because you're wasting it. How much money are we wasting that could be used for the kingdom of the Lord? Amen. I'm just cruising. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just keep my head down keep walking. They were astonished. Verse number 26. They were astonished. Out of measure, saying among, themselves, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus looked upon them, saying, With men it's impossible, but with God, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Hey, I, I believe we can have money. I don't think that God doesn't want us to be blessed, okay? I don't want anyone to walk away tonight with that impression. But it does require what I believe with God it's possible, which to me means you better have a very close relationship with God. You better be spiritual, extremely spiritual, to be able to handle riches. That's what it means to me. To have money, to handle money, to handle large amounts of money, to be saved, you got to have God. You better be led of the Spirit. You better be walking in the Holy Ghost. You better, know, you better be managing that lump sum, that large amount of money well in the eyes of the Lord or it's going to be impossible for you to get to heaven if you're trusting in that money without God that's what it means to me is I think God can bless us and God wants to I, I am blessed God's blessed me amen in my life and my walk with him amen but I'm telling you uh, I believe that you've got to have a relationship with God before God will ever bless amen you have financial blessing praise the Lord amen in the terms of debt, you know what? This is something that just gets so difficult. Um, this, this, this so easily, it's so easy to get in, to get, so easy to get in our society. And uh, I, I, I believe that as closely tied as money is with uh, spirituality, with the, with your walk with God, I believe that this was something that. I am convinced that credit cards are of Satan. I'm telling you, I've been there. I have been so overwhelmed by credit card debt. I have been there. 
I'm telling you, if the devil had a, a physical form, it's in a little plastic card about this big. I, I'm telling you, and, and it's so, it's that, that, that lust of the flesh. It's that I want, I want, I want of that no self-control that leads you into debt. Amen. Because if you spend all of your money and you get down to, well, I don't have gas. Well, I have to, I have to get gas. So you put $60 on a credit card or whatever you need on a credit card. Well, you probably somewhere along the lines went out quite a bit or bought something you didn't need. And we, and we justify using credit cards on, oh, well, it's gas. I got to buy diapers. I got to buy. That's true if nothing had been, if, if you had been managing that and nothing had been wasted in that paycheck. So I have, there, there's, there's, a, there's a fine line. Amen. Praise God. Proverbs 22 in verse number 7. Wait until Josh gets that one up. Proverbs 22 and verse 7. It says, For the rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. You say, you know what, I, I pay my bills. No one's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, maybe you're cruising along, you're fine. Um, I'm not a servant to the lender. I'm making my payments. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a servant. Don't pay those payments for the next two or three months, and see who's not a servant. You're a good servant. You're an obedient servant. You're serving well. So there's no reason for the taskmaster to come knocking at your door. Amen. The borrower is servant. To the lender. Now the caveat to that, you say, well, how, how do you expect me to buy a house? Well, this opens up lots of questions. Well, I'm telling you, this could be a very in-depth finance. It's just, there's weeks and weeks of study. Here's the thing. Here's my rule of thumb. Here's what I look at. If you have an asset to back up the loan, if you buy a house, you can sell the house. If you just go rack up $20,000 with a credit card debt on pizza. There's nothing to show for that. There's nothing to back that loan. Amen. You buy a car. You have a little something there to back up that loan as long as you're not getting a 30% interest rate and there's a lot to it. Amen. But just to go out and take a loan to go on vacation not a good idea. Amen. Romans chapter 13. Well let me real quick on that borrow a servant to the lender. I'm telling you that there's no worse condition than being in that place of servitude. Amen. There's no worse place. I'm telling you, there is no worse place than being in that place. There's, I, 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 there's just a sick, horrid cloud that follows you day in and day out. Amen. When you are servant to that taskmaster uh, there's no relief they're relentless, they're mean they make your life a nightmare and tonight if you're in a situation like that condition like that first of all put your trust in the Lord put your trust in God God sees you you can make stupid mistakes uh, Again, I hate to even mention the name because people just get all balled up and, uh, when I say But Dave Ramsey talks about he, he, he has a Ph.D. in D-U-M-B, which means he's made a lot of stupid decisions. And you know what? We all make stupid, dumb decisions financially. It doesn't matter. We all make dumb, horrible decisions. God's not just going to snap his fingers and all of it's going to clear away. Even though we make some crazy decisions, God can help us have peace in the storm, get us through it. He's take care of us. He will take, he will never, you won't have to beg for food. You won't have to beg for clothes. You won't have, God will help you. He is your comfort in times of trouble. Even though you brought it on yourselves, understand that, God, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to get things under control. I'm going to get on a plan. I'm going to get on a budget, and I'm going to help out. I'm going to help you, Lord, help me. 
And tonight I'm changing my, my, my direction. And, I, and I, I'm, you know, I feel so lost this way. And the devil's trying to say, he, you, know, don't, you can't talk about it. You can't talk about it. You can't tell nobody. You can't, tell, you can't get help because they're going to think you're, you're, you're a horrible person. You're going to think you're bad. You know what? I, had a, I, had, I knew someone that way. They tried to hide it, hide it, hide it. But when the name came in the paper that their house was foreclosed on and they got to move out, it was really bad. Why don't you take an opportunity, amen, while you have a chance, amen, and trust in the ministry, trust in your pastor, trust in your church, amen, that we care and love about you. This is a, this is a, we desire revival. We want to help. I want to help. I would love, amen, to help. Praise God. Romans 13, 8 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. Amen. One thing real quick and then... Um, Okay, here's one thing, the topic that I just want to, when it comes to debt, be very careful when you sign papers, when you sign for a loan, amen? Because when you sign for a loan, that's just saying, I will pay this loan, I will pay this debt. When you co-sign for a loan, you are saying, I will pay for this debt. It's the same. Amen. <laughs> Don't co-sign. Because Brother Merriman says, no. Because the Bible says don't do it. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 18 says, A man void of understanding striketh hands, shakes hands. He makes an agreement and becometh surety in the presence of his friend. He says, someone who doesn't understand is like, yeah, yeah, he don't, you won't loan him the money unless I sign too? Okay, that's fine. That's what you just did when you co-sign a loan. You are liable for the loan. It's not a wise choice to co-sign. Uh, Proverbs 13, 11 and 15. He that is surety for a stranger shall smart for it, and he that hateth suretyship is sure. You, you, just, you can't be surety or, or you can't be a co-signer. Don't co-sign. You didn't know the Bible talked about this, did you? Hopefully, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. The Bible talks about it. It's not a good decision. It's not a good choice. Proverbs, uh, this is interesting. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 1 to 5 says, My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if you co-sign, if you've shook hands for your friend, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this. It says, if you've co-signed, here's what you got to do. Go. It says, do this now, my son. Deliver yourself. When thou art come into the hand of thy friend, go humble thyself and make sure thy friend. Give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Get away from the, being a co- Don't even go near being a co-signer. Don't co-sign alone. The Bible says it's not a good choice. If you've ever done it, you know what I'm talking about. If you, if you co-sign and the payments all got made, you're, you're lucky. Because the bank or whomever said, we're a financial institution, we will not secure a loan for them. Which means we don't think they can make the payment unless you co-sign for them. Which means if they don't make it, you're going to make the payment. That's an unwise decision in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. And on to a little bit about the budgeting and then a couple things I was going to show folks here. Um, and I'll be wrapping this up. Uh, Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 20 says, There is a treasure to be desired, and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. Amen. Foolish man spendeth it up. Proverbs 27 and 23, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks, and look well to thy herds. Know what you have. Know what's going on in your finances. Have a, have a budget. It's basically saying, know how many are sick. How many, how many, so you know how much, because every one of your flock, your herd, that's money. That was money to the, these guys. So depending on how many are sick, how many could you sell? Well, I got about this, this how many could I have? Oh, I got this much money because I can't sell those. Those aren't going to go for as much. It says, know what your financial state is. Proverbs 6, verse 6 to 8 says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. 
is taking care of himself, making sure uh, there's uh, provision for the lean times, making sure there is um, provision. Uh, hey, I, I'm going to be hungry this winter. I'm going to get some food and store it up. Amen. Amen. And those with, that, that goes to those with, with um, fluctuating incomes, those that are in sales, um, those that are, uh, I know we have some folks that are in construction, stuff like that where your income's depending on um, time of the year, seasonal, says, you know what, hey, they know there's a lean time coming. Look at the ant. What's the ant doing? Let's, let's, that's what we need to do. We need to budget. We need to plan. We need to, we need to ha- have an idea. We know that the winter's coming. Amen. Proverbs 15 and 22 says, Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. Seek help. Seek somebody. Seek someone that you can trust. Seek somebody that can say, Hey, I'll help you get something put together and, and uh, get a plan uh, for, for you guys and for your family and, and so that you can be successful. Luke 14 and 28 says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Amen. The basic foundation of any su- having success with your finances and with your money is with establishing a budget. Amen. If you don't put a name to your dollars, they will leave. If you don't tell them what to do, your dollars will leave. Amen. That's why you go, you get to the end of the month and go, I don't know what happened. Well, if it was written out and you knew beforehand, you would know where your money is at all times. It's kind of like your kids. You just let your kids go and roam? No. you got to be home by 10 o'clock because I said so. I want you home by 10 o'clock. It's, it's, we got something you know, to do tomorrow, and you've got to be in bed. And, and you've gotta, you, we've, we've got plans for all kinds of stuff. We're making plans for vacation, plans for heritage, plans for... But you know what? We've got no plan for our money. Amen. And what I had done, and again, I will quickly... <laughs> show one of the things that I had I put together an Excel spreadsheet it's a simple form uh, a budget form my wife doesn't do computers a whole lot okay but I wanted to help simplify for her some things where all we've got to do is punch in a number it does the calculations for her and so I was showing pastor this the other night and said hey I you know I put this together for my wife it's super easy to use it's very simple if anybody comes asking for it, you just go ahead and pass it on. They can use it. And his, I want you to teach on this. <laughs> and so this is where this stemmed from was this form. Again, I know time's getting late, but I don't know, Josh, if you are able to put that up here or not. I was just going to show. He asked me to show this and asked me to put this up on the screen. Is it going? I think. That's good. The thing with this form that I'll show you is that I can help anyone set this up for your own selves, and I can do it without you showing me any of your actual numbers. Does that make sense? You don't have to show me your income. You don't have to show me your expenses. I can show you simply, easily. Oh, that's very hard to see. I know, it, I know it's very, this is a very, very, very sensitive subject. I know it is. I got mine blown up here pretty good. Can you guys not, is it delayed? Okay. It's hard to see. Can you guys see that there a little bit? Okay. Now, on the side, where is this thing? This side over here, these, these, all this stuff in here, those can be changed, okay, if, to whatever yours are. Um, let's see if I can. So, say for instance, you spend, you know, just this, and then also the other thing, where's the even thing here? This here, pay period. Whether it's monthly or, or every two weeks or every 15 days, you can you can change those. And I've got this so that the left column always stays the same. And depending on, you can go down throughout the end of the year. So 
again, if anyone's confused by this, just let me know. That's that's fine. Um, all these columns, they'll add up. Like groceries, say you spend for two weeks, just throwing a number out there, say if you spend $250. All you got is type negative $250, okay? Then you come down here. Uh, it automatically puts it, puts it in your expense total. So for this pay period, I don't know, for the sake of, um, say, just for, for numbers' sake, um, you made $1,500. Okay, see how that does that? It automatically gives you a balance. You got $1,250 left. Say you got a $100 phone or phone bill. It automatically does the numbers for you. Say, you know, I ignorantly still have a student loan, so that's one of the dumb things that I still have out there. Um, say it's, oops. So it automatically calculates all that for you. So it just kind of takes out some of the thinking. And all of these over here, you know, then I put, so when you get to the end, say for instance, all those are filled and you have, uh, this, isn't the, this isn't the case, but let me say you've got a thousand dollar car. I'm just trying to get the numbers to work out. So you got $90 balance, okay? You have $90, you gotta tell something to, if you don't do any, if you don't tell where to go, it's gonna leave, right? So that's why I put up here either savings, you can add, uh, you know, buy new tires, or you can add any, anything here you want to save for or do, and you just add it there. That way you always end up with zeros. You've told every dollar you made for that pay period where to go and what to do and how to get there. Okay? Again, if you want me to go through this um, more later. And then also, I made it where that where it's savings. You go through here and you put... It'll, it'll keep tabs of your total savings there, too. So through the year, you'll know what's in your, you know, I think I actually did for a vacation. So I, it's something that's, that, that can be tailor-made to you, to your situation, and I wouldn't have to know any of these dollar amounts. Okay? Does that make sense? I just wanted to encourage anyone and everyone that you can do a budget. It's easy to do. It's hard to stick to right but remember the whole weight loss challenge if we decide we want revival if we decide you know what I'm, I'm i'm more sick of my debt and the weight of my debt and we all decide and we all understand hey you know what we're all working towards the same goal we'll figure out ways to fellowship cheaper you'll figure out ways to hey i'll pick up a loaf of bread and we'll pick some chips and we'll go to somebody's house tonight have just as much fun and not more okay Okay, then, okay, and, and the other thing is a lot of people think, well, how much am I supposed to spend or on each one of these for food or for all this kind of stuff? Well, I have for, <laughs> for people that are single, there's some giggling. that help? I know, maybe sort of know. Okay, so if you're living alone and this is about your gross income, if you're living with a roommate and your gross income is 23000 or if you're living alone, it kind of gives you an idea, okay, um, that you're, you know, if you can't see these numbers, again, is everyone, can everybody see these or no? Let's see if I can blow this up a little bit. Ooh, man. Okay. Is that a little bit better? No. Oh, there you go. Okay. Again, I'm just wanting to give you some ideas. This is for someone single. It kind of gives you some ideas. It'll give you some places to start with a roommate, and this is about what you make. You should spend 25% of income, your net spendable income, which is after your tithes and taxes. 25% of what's left over is about all you should be spending on housing. If it's more than that, the higher that gets, that means you're getting really close to spending way too much money for housing. About 6% of that should be spent on food. These are, again, procs. These are a rough estimates. People always will ask me, how much should I spend on this? Or how much should I plan for that? Well, these give you some basics. You can tailor it to your family. 
This is for a family of two, which is just a husband and a wife. Um, there's one for a family of four. And here's one for a family of six. They didn't have one for a family of seven. So I have to just adjust. Okay, this was... Can everybody see that at all? No. No. Whoa, dude. Okay, once you figure out, this is what you do now. This is what, based on those guidelines I just showed you, and this is the difference. Okay, then you say, okay, well, I need to adjust these numbers. I eat too much, so I need to spend more on my debt. So you go through that. These are just tools, okay? And really, this is doable. And really, this is biblical. That's more important than anything. I think God cares about how we spend our money. And, uh, and I'm telling you, once you get a control and understanding of your finances, your bu a budget, a plan, you will be very much more relieved and relaxed. Amen. The stress, you don't have to even be debt-free, but when you get on a plan, amen, when you get on, a, on the right road and you're going down, say, so you know what, I'm in control of this. I've gotten my, I've, they're, they're not calling me anymore. I can look and realize, okay, in this many months, I'll, be, I'll pay this off. And I can, you're in control. When you become in control of your money, you are no longer a servant, amen, to the lender. Amen. You are in control until that, till, till that point. Say, so you know what, I'm not going to let you control my life. I'm going to control. I'm not serving money. I'm not serving money anymore. Amen. We've got to make up our mind that this is what we're going to do. Amen. You, and, and there are going to be some tonight saying, whatever. You know, I don't have to listen to you, which is, you're exactly right. You don't have to listen to nobody, I guess. But I'm telling you, this is a big key to revival. And I think this is a big key to a, a lot of people's problems, issues. You know, one of the things, you can, you can stand if music will come. We're, I'm just going to close this out tonight. But again, the saying of Mr. Ramsey that I do like is that, you know what? People say, I'm on a budget. I don't get to do anything. You see that I have money, a slot for entertainment. Yeah, you do have. You better put some money in there or you won't stick to a budget. That's why you, it's not saying it, it, you can't do this. It's saying, how much of this can I do? It's saying, well... I have no way. I can't, I can't pay for everything I've got. You have two options. Either find a way to make more money or some way to reduce your expenses. Amen? And so, not to make more money to buy more stuff because your plan ought to be, and I know Pastor has, has, has been talking about, um, he's been some things that have burdened him and, 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 and people needing and trying to get into positions where they can either stay home or homeschool or they can Christian school their kids or something like that. Well, this is a very, very big part of that. This is We've got to get to a place financially uh, where we don't owe anybody anything. Amen. Where we are in control, where we can do these things. And so our lifestyle... Let, that's what's wrong with we can look at the government I'm telling you I've heard some of us say the government spends too much we just too much this but are we willing to make the sacrifices as a government to cut social programs to cut the, the, the benefits well you know what there's some social programs in our lives we may have to cut for a while amen and there may be some things we have to cut uh, to get to a place where we can pay off these these debts and the saying that I like is if we live now we live now like no one else, which means, you know what? Hey, we don't we don't go out to eat for the next little while. We 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 you know we sell some things, we sell some toys, we sell some, you know, we bake cookies and sell on the side, or we do whatever we got to do extra. Whatever we got to do to 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 get our what we're gonna do, you know. And everyone looking at you like crazy. I'm not buying a new car. I'm selling the car I got. I'm gonna go buy something that's cheap, real cheap. I know it's a junker and it's a clunker, but you know what? I'm going to do it until I get out of debt. And I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to live like nobody else. And people are going to think, man, 
what are you driving that for? Why are you guys not, you guys don't ever go out to eat? Yes, no, no. Hold on just a minute. Give me some time. There's going to be a day when you make that last check, write that last bill, and it says paid in full. You can come into church and say, you know what? Next month, I don't know, owe anybody anything. You guys want to go grab something tonight? And that second part of that is live now like no one else so that later you can live like nobody else. Amen. Biggest, free of worry, free of fear, free of all of that burden. Amen. And so I just, I'm going to leave you with this and then you can start throwing stuff at me. I offer to anyone here tonight any assistance with anything I've shown you you don't have to give me one idea how much money you make because nobody I know nobody likes to walk around telling everybody how much money they make it's personal I understand that it's just I'm not asking anyone to I don't think anyone should I'm not saying you should go around and say I make this much money and I'm broke that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is there is a way, and this is what I was telling with pastors. It's very easy to sit down and go through and set something up, set a plan without ever having to give me one dollar idea of what you make, of what you spend on food or what you spend on clothes. I don't have to know any of that to set this up for you, to help you. I desperately want to help folks. I think people get scared of that and fearful and think, well, I, no, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I don't want nobody, I don't want Brother Merriman knowing this about me. And that's, that's, I understand. I totally understand. Are you going to be better off next year than you are this year because you didn't want to talk to me about it or pastor about it, which pastors deferred to me in, on, on some instances? I'm telling you, I, I, would, I would love to help offer any help that I can. Amen? Amen. Well, I love this church. I love this truth. I just want to see and be a blessing and help tonight. And so I hope, Pastor, I hope to, that this is what you desired out of me tonight. Because he asked me, it's because of his desire that I taught this tonight. And out of a burdened heart, I've worried about this. You asked my wife, I've worried about this for a week now. I've been sick to my stomach and said, Lord, I just want this to be taken the right way. I want to be taken out of good spirit. I want to just help somebody that's, a, that's worried about their money. I want to help somebody get control of their finances.